chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I've got Dewey Burt with me. Of course, we're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com, and always rate us, review us, and subscribe. Dewey, uh, these are the fun ones. I mean, we haven't had an opportunity to do one of these post-game podcasts like this in a couple years. 99 to 54, Carolina beats Louisville. Just wow. Yeah. I mean, look. People are going to say, oh, well, Louisville had a long break because of COVID and and say what you want. But this is who we we hoped we could be. Right. And the biggest difference for me, and I think you said it before we came on the air, was there was an early feeling that this was a different emotional level from our team, from the guys on the bench, from the, the effort level on the floor, from the enthusiasm between each other. Uh, there was a, uh, a togetherness, a, uh, a passion that they played with. That it just was different. Can you imagine they played like this against Virginia? Because they did. This is, it feels like a completely different team. But, boy, were we dominant in the paint. The freshman bigs were great. Uh, Mondo was great. Kerwin was great. I mean, it was mm, tantalizing. We've used that word before. But, uh, boy, that was special to watch. It was. I mean, I tweeted early. Um, Garrison came out. He missed the game at Louisville last year. That's the one reference to this game that the announcing crew seemed to make um, the entire night. But he missed the game last year. He looked like he came out with an intent to do some damage early. I haven't seen that out of him out of the gate. He's had some moments this year, but for him to, you know, he's going to bang, he's going to bang, he's going to bang, he's going to get his turnaround jumper going. When I saw that, I said, whoa, now, this might be different, but never thought it would translate for a full 40 minutes. But you're right, it is tantalizing. This team can be really, really good. And when you have the bigs, I mean, I'm looking at the stats, and I'm not great in math, but all, all four bigs played ridiculously well. And then you've got Kerwin sniping from the outside. I mean, Dewey, how tough is it to see them play like they did against a team like Virginia or against Clemson and then see them turn around and do this? I mean, that is the – that's going to be the what-if thing. But, wow, what a, what a show tonight. It was. And, look, it's, it's going to be difficult because we still – the reality is we play seven freshmen and sophomores in our top whatever it is, 10-11. So um, we are going to – I hope I'm wrong, but we're going to have another game like Virginia or something similar to that where we, we kind of question their enthusiasm and their effort. And we say, God, where's the team that played against Louisville? And that's just the reality of being, of being a young team. You know, I think back to when I played and I think about that class of 
2005, right? The, the quote, legendary class of 2005 that ends up cutting down the nets in 09. And even, even those guys, even those teams, Danny, Marcus, Bobby, and Tyler, we had certain games where we played like freshmen. We looked like freshmen. Um, I don't know that we ever questioned our effort, but we had games where we made dumb mistakes and maybe didn't have the enthusiasm or just we're young. And we all know how good that team in that class ended up being. And so even, even those guys, even Tyler's class, we had moments where we played like we were freshmen and, uh, and these guys will do it again. Uh, but what you said uh, on paper preseason, we thought that, gosh, if we, if we get our head straight and can take care of the ball, we can be so dominant in the paint with the four bigs. And if we have somebody who can make shots, how do you guard us? Well, tonight was that four bigs. Just every, I mean, if you're Louisville, you're like, God, now I got to deal with Kessler and they're bringing Sharp off the bench. This guy didn't even start for them. Uh, and then you got Kerwin making threes. I mean, this is who we, we hoped we could be. Uh, you just hope that they can find a way to continue it. Dayron Sharp, 21 points, 11 rebounds. He's the best points. player on the floor. Yeah, 17 minutes of action, putting up those numbers. I mean, that is – that's ridiculous. It, looking at Carolina's stats, they shot 61% on the night, which I don't think they've come close to that, not this year and definitely not in the past couple of years. 1.4 points per possession for Carolina. I mean – a completely different team and a completely engaged team. And, and that's the thing. Now, granted, like you mentioned, Louisville's coming off a of pause. They came off a of pause, uh, I think, in December, and Wisconsin beat them to death as well. Um, but not all pauses are different, right? So Florida State comes off a of pause and beats NC State by 100. So, I mean, Carolina had to show up. Props for Louisville um, for coming to Chapel Hill and playing. They probably could have bailed out like some other teams have done, but. Roy Williams has got to be pleased about it. If there's one knock, it's the free throw shooting. And right. quite frankly, when you when you score like they did, it's not a factor, but it's going to be a factor. Seven for 18 on the night. I don't think that can be overlooked, do we, when we talk about this game? No, that's right. And, and that's what kept Garrison from having a, a really strong evening from a statistics perspective, right? He had 12 points and but missed a bunch of free throws. I would venture to say that even on Louisville's best night, they weren't beating us in this game, but it, it would have been closer if they played better. And they're not going to shoot one for 16 from three very often. Um, that's obviously a terrible shooting evening. Uh, you know, we beat them by 50. Uh, but even if they played to their potential, I bet you we win by 20. There was a, just a different way about us in this game. And as you said, it's nice to be nitpicking. And if we are going to be nitpicking, it's on the free throws because in a close game, you can't shoot 39% from the line. And that's unacceptable. Um, but boy, there was so much to be happy about. 29 assists on 42 field goals. That's a terrific rate. Uh, we pounded them on the glass. We, uh, Despite the fact that we had the same number of offensive rebounds, pounded them on the defensive glass. We, by and large, took care of the basketball, only 11 turnovers, got out and transitioned a little bit. Multiple guys made shots from the perimeter. Uh, Caleb showed you some explosiveness. It was really nice to see RJ make a couple shots because he's been struggling. Uh, 
uh, a lot of things to point at and be really happy about. And, and Dayron, we, I don't know, we expect it every night, but we know that he has this in him. What is becoming more and more uh, exciting to see is Walker, is, is the way that Kessler's playing, uh, getting comfortable. The speed of the game is uh, something he's learning to handle, whereas quite honestly, early on in the season, it, it was too fast for him. He was a step or two steps behind in so many plays on both ends of the floor. Uh, he's catching up and starting to figure it out and show you uh, what he's capable of. And it, and it gives you a really good feeling about what he can be in the future. You, you got to love when you can put a seven footer out at the top and he can guard on the perimeter and then get his hands in the passing lanes and finish it and run the floor like that. I, the two plays that stand out for me um, and they were late and, you know, Louisville was basically done at the time, but Kessler with his breakaway and he ended up getting rewarded, but also to see Sharp sprint the floor, um, get the alley-oop dunk there at the end as well. That That's, if, if you want to talk about Carolina basketball, that's Carolina basketball, right, Dewey? You're exactly right. I mean, Biggs getting out and uh, being able to, to be active on the wings, being athletic enough and talented enough to get out on the wings and play and then get out in the open floor and run. And, uh, you know, that was the story tonight. I mean, yes, we made shots and that was important and they shot the ball very poorly, but the story of the night was our four bigs and how dominant they were, you know, across the four of them, I'm gonna have to go do some, some quick math, but I mean, across the four of them, what 26 from Baycott and Brooks, another 21 from Dayron. So 47 and Kessler 57 points from our post players. We all know we didn't even score close to that in a whole game against Virginia. So uh, we've said it all season and we've talked about it and you've talked about it with Brooke, but when we don't turn the ball over and we get shots, it gives us the ability to be so dominant in the paint. And we're so big and so deep uh, that we've got a chance to really make things difficult against certain opponents. If we take care of the basketball and uh, we did that tonight, we shot the ball well enough from the outside that they had to respect it. And, uh, boy, were we good in the paint. Yeah, and you look at a guy like Leakey, who didn't shoot it well again tonight, but he had seven and four, seven rebounds, four assists, which he added value to the game, which he struggled at times to do that. But let me ask you just from a, a, a standpoint, aside from the energy, what did you see differently? And, and from my untrained eye, I see a lot better execution on how the offense is supposed to run, spacing, um, guys posting up with authority, posting up with um, purpose rather than just going through the motions. Sure, they had more energy, without question, but they executed better than they have in the past too as well. Is that just me missing it or is that it? No, I think that's fair. And, and to me, it all starts with taking care of the basketball, right? I mean, we, we turn the ball over so much in a lot of our early contests that uh, – we're the number one rebounding team in the country. So not getting a shot at all is a travesty because we're so good on the glass. So that's the first thing is we, we were taking better care of the ball. 11 turnovers is a great rate for us. Caleb still had four, which is way too many for your starting point guard, but as a team, only 11 turnovers, right? We were moving the ball very crisply. Um, and I think that is a result of a little extra practice time this time of year, right? We've had game canceled and, things just funky with our schedule. So we got a lot of extra practice and we're able to 
watch more film and it it's not just play uh day off practice practice game we had a lot more time to dig in almost like we had a bye week uh in football and i think that really helped us it shows you that we worked on things in practice we were more crisp with the way the ball was moving you know both those pick and roll passes by playtech as an example finding guys in a position to be a threat and uh and then also i thought we screened much better and you know Kerwin doesn't create a lot for himself off the dribble you've got to get him open and we did that we found ways to get our best shooter open he took seven threes which i'd have to look tommy but i don't know that he's taken seven in a game and then he went ahead and made five of them so uh a lot of those things i think what you said is spot on not a not an untrained eye at all i think is the benefit of extra practice yeah, I think he may have taken 10 down at Florida State because he had to okay. um, because they weren't getting any inside. But he's certainly, you know, five of seven. We, we've talked about him. Sherelle McMillan's talked about him um, in an article. He's going to set three-point records at Carolina if he stays for four years. I think Marcus has the record at 299 or something like that. That, that, is, that is already broken in, in two or three or three or four years down the road from Walton. Do we looking ahead, I mean, this team – you know, I hesitate to be completely sold because we've seen them play decent, but like we've talked about, it felt different. Looking ahead, they've got Marquette now in a midweek game, um, another home game, which is helpful um, to pad the stats a little bit. Marquette's not terrible, but they're not great. Um, how does Roy Williams bottle this? Um, you know, we've, we've talked a lot where you see athletes and they put forth this effort and they have success. And you say as a coach or as a teammate, just do it every time, man. That's it's, it's simple. You're good when you do it every time. How does Roy Williams really bottle that for this bunch? Because I said in the tweet earlier, if they play like this and they're engaged like this every night, they're going to be difficult in the tournaments um, for anybody. So, so what's the, what's the goal or what's the job of Roy going forward with this bunch? That's such a great question. And to me, it's not just him. You know, this part of that question goes to your, your veteran leadership. How does Garrison and how does Leakey go to the young guys and say, hey, wasn't that more fun? Wasn't that more fun when we brought emotion and we had an edge to us? We played with a little bit of a chip. And yeah, Louisville was down. Louisville was never beating us tonight. Not in this game. Not the way we came and so whatever it was, if there was a preparation that was a little bit different, um, something that coach said or, or whatever it was, or a tone being set by Garrison early, as you noted, um, to me, it's a combination of coach and our senior leadership or older, older leadership um, showing the guys that this is what we're capable of. And then you hope that for the freshmen, for the young guys, they say, wow, that was different. That felt different we had an edge to us. We had an emotion to us and, uh, and you hope that they can find a way to bring it every night. But it's, it, to me, it's not just coach. It's uh, you know, for whatever people think his faults are, I obviously think there are, there are less faults than most. He never has a lack of enthusiasm and intensity. You never don't have that from him. Um, so whether, whether they fed off him or it was indeed the leadership in the locker room, Maybe we won't know. It'd be interesting to see what they say post game. But there was a a different feel. So is this the is this the 
line of demarcation where we never look back from this moment and play like that going forward or do we relapse? That remains to be seen. You know, I'm on the record now on this podcast of saying that unfortunately I bet we have a we have a step back because we're so young. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love for for people to point to this Louisville game and say, "Hey, that 2021 team that ended up going to the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8 or better, We'll remember that Louisville game. I'd love that to be the case. We'll see. Um, but there was definitely a difference, and I don't think it mattered who our opponent was. They had more emotion tonight than they did at Cameron, truly. Uh, and, and so that that maybe tells you something, but uh, it, it has to be a we'll see. Yeah, it is going to definitely be a we'll see. With this – the way this season has played out, you know, so you don't know your opponent <laughs> until the last minute, and, you know, most teams – except for a Gonzaga and maybe a Baylor. They, you don't know what you're going to get from them, but Carolina certainly turned it up tonight. Um, let me ask you this about your coach, your old coach. I think he's one away from 900 now. Um, I know it's been a stressful past couple of years for him, but where's his head space um, with this bunch and how do you think he's feeling to finally see this team and really the last two years come together on a good night? Uh, and put forth the effort that you know he expects every night. Yeah, you know it's it's um, coaches coaches nostalgic and and you could almost some say corny in a good way uh, when he reaches milestones or or unique and cool things happen. You know it's crazy to me. I think about when I was playing, he won his 500th. Yeah, so it tells you that I'm getting old. Um, but I remember how he was that night. And he was deflective and made it about the players, uh, both, you know, not just the current, but the former and made it about his staff and made it about coach Smith. And he'll be the same way, you know, when he wins his 900th, he'll, he'll be the same way. He'll think about coach Smith. He'll think about Co- coach Guthridge. He'll credit the players and his staff and, and, uh, and tell you that all he ever wanted to be was a high school coach. And we all know that his greatness uh, is, is certainly uh uh, at a level far that's uh, that goes above being a high school coach. But, um, you know, I think he'll be really happy with the passion those kids played with tonight and his young guys and what they showed him that they're capable of. And now he's going to hold them to a higher standard. And uh, that's what will be fun is they'll watch film and he'll say, guys, this is what we've been imploring for you guys to bring. And uh, – it was really cool. It was, it was fun to see the emotion, the guys on the bench, all those things. That's what I remember from when I played. That's how we, that's how we played most times, more often than not, the guys I was with. And whether that was because of Tyler and Dave Noel or whatever. And, you know, it's funny to look back. I've been gone 14 years and we still talk about certain guys I played with. David Noel, Tyler Hansborough, Danny Green. Um, we didn't know it at the time, but those guys were, legendary leaders and players in the history of the annals of Carolina. Um, and you see why now, because it's, it, it's not easy. It's not easy to be that great. It's not easy to be that good at leading. Um, and so I hope those guys got a taste today of what it can be like uh, to bring that passion and enthusiasm and wear that Jersey and be together. They were together. And that's what was really cool uh, to see those guys, maybe the, you know, the, the green light for them um, on what it can be to be together and, and, and play that way. Yeah, it, it is one thing. 
hope Carolina fans take away from the last couple of years and other somewhat down years is this not a given to be as good as Carolina's been over the course of the years? I mean, you played with some of the greats, like you mentioned, but the, the greats that have gone through, uh, they didn't get there um, for just for any reason. They got there because they worked hard and they did what they were supposed to do. And you think you're getting old. I remember when Rory Williams left for Kansas. And, and when he hadn't won any so yeah we're a little bit age difference here but yeah. speaking of tyler last question let's get out of here but tyler on the radio or excuse me on the color call for a basketball game do you ever think you'd yeah. say boy i tell you what uh i <laughs> was in the smith center when he got there from poplar bluff the first day of summer school and to think about that shy midwestern kid to have gone and, and done what he what he did, obviously, uh, statistically the greatest Carolina player ever, um, but that he would ever entertain sitting in the broadcast booth is is quite funny to me. But um, I tell you what, he did a really good job. He's smarter than people think. You know, people people don't give him credit uh, because he kind of had that stoic look and is the Midwestern kid and didn't say a lot to the media when he played. He's much more intelligent than people realize. He's much more thoughtful, uh, quite hilarious uh, as well as evidenced by the, you know, the shot he took at Walker. Um, but I thought he did a really good job. He was nervous. He was admittedly nervous and said as much to us privately. Um, but he found his groove and, and did a good job. And, you know, as somebody who can be a critic of his, he did better than I thought he did, that he, than he would do. He really did. Um, he knows his stuff. He knows the game, but being able to articulate it is a different thing. And, uh, I think he did a really good job. He, like I said, he was nervous, but after the fact, you know, talking to him, he was happy with how it went. And I think he'll do it again. It was uh, definitely nice to hear the announcers on the TV talk about the action in front of them. Um, yeah. that, that was a welcome change. And you're right. I thought he did well. I thought he had some insight that you can't get unless, uh, guys like you are talking about it because, you know, Corey Alexander or, or whoever else is calling, they played the game, but it's not the same um, coming from a Carolina guy that knows exactly what they're seeing. And so that's what makes these podcasts always great for me to talk to you and to Mike Brooker and all that. So I appreciate that. Um, and like we talked about earlier, it's always fun when they show up and play like they did tonight, 99 mm -hmm. to 54. <laughs> Wow, Carolina over Louisville. Dewey, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-average do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.